get the most of it because the first week for the other teams was what three games. I, I don't know. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. this is welcome to the Tiger Miley Report, week three, and it is now past the ten o'clock hour of the Eastern Time Zone. Are you in Central Time, Trevor? By the way, I am. Okay, I am. So, yeah, you guys were apologizing for the delay, and I'm just like, I'm an hour behind. Like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, there's. It's been a, kind of a crazy last few days around here at the Tigerland Report. I was syncing up some audio earlier with Hasty because I was trying to get. He had a really good call on the uh, one seal Perez inside the park home run, which we'll talk about a little later. And I was getting the video for Wilmer Flores, who pitched today, pitched pretty decently. Jordan Marks is a little different story. We'll talk about him, talk about Cody Clemens, the back and forth movement with Toledo and Detroit already beginning. But I want to kick things off and talk about because obviously we do, we're going to be doing a um, Woodward Tigers podcast around all about Miguel Cabrera. But this is the only opportunity to really talk about the start of Bo Brisky last night as he started the second game of doubleheader. And I came way impressed with the fact that he came, just didn't. After his home, he allowed that home run. He came back, was composed, and he kept his cool out there. And there's a lot of little things we'll get to. But first things first, how excited were you guys to see Bo Brisky out there yesterday? I was pumped. I I had heard from somebody, and it was definitely me, who said that the Bo Brisky debut was more important than the 3,000th hit. I don't know who said that. It was me, but it's – I. You feel so, I feel so good for Bo Brisky, right? Like, he came out of nowhere, it seemed like, last year, really, is when he burst onto the scene, and all of a sudden, now, he made his Major League debut, and he did well. I wasn't expecting him to give up 17 runs or anything. It was a lot better than I had anticipated him even doing. I think he looked a lot better out there, so I know we're going to dive into that, but it was I was so happy to, to see him out there. Yeah. I was super excited to the point where I ended up writing an article about it. And I said, I was up till in the morning the night before doing research because it's up my alley to, to look at these random late round draft picks and, and find out. So I went through all the history of 27th round draft picks and found out what he was the 47th ever to make the majors out of the 27th round. And that doesn't mean a whole lot because there've been people after the 27th round or whatever, but I was just thinking, I'm curious about this. And then, uh, and then oddly enough, Four of the other people from the 27th round were Tigers, including Joe Mantiply, who just got his first Major League save the other day, randomly, and Will Rhymes, everybody's favorite diminutive second baseman, who's now the head of player development for the Dodgers. But yeah, I, I was super excited about it, and like Trevor said, basically coming from nowhere and having less than 150 innings of experience in the minor league to come up, and I, I actually, he did almost exactly what I was expecting him to, which was, if you look... We've uh, we clipped together both of his first two starts with Toledo, and this one was almost identical to his first start with the Mudhens when he gave up five runs. He actually pitched better in this game than he did in that game, but it was the same issue. He gave up two home runs at bad times, but he doesn't ever stop throwing strikes, and uh, he's his fastball and his changeup both look like plus pitches at times. Yeah, and, and it was cool. It was very cool to see, and they interviewed his family, and everybody started crying, and I was like, oh, geez. But uh, just wish the Tigers could have scored some runs for him. Yeah, this he was the first 27th round draft pick to start a game since the great George Capazello did on May 31st, 1981. So if you're talking about way back in the day, and that's I thought that was strange because you talk about the the late round or lack of round late round lack of late round success by the Tigers, and yeah, the final line five innings, three hits, 
three runs, two walks, three strikes, three strikeouts. Hey, I want, you guys keep going. Yeah. No, yeah, it was the two walks was the only thing about him that was a little bit unorthodox, but you expect that from a guy in the big league. I'm sure the adrenaline uh, started wearing off a little bit there in like the fourth or fifth inning, but I think he was struggling in the fourth and then came back out and was like an eight-pitch fifth. Yeah, this dude, he's going to help. Yeah, and you know what? And even from AAA to MLB, there's a learning curve there. That's walks come in there also because things that would work in AAA, they don't work against the best hitters yeah. in the world. So that's certainly one thing. And you mentioned his fastball and stuff looking good. He has better than plus spin on his fastball, which obviously the Tigers mm-hmm. know. If I know it, the Tigers know it. And he's got good IVB on it too. So that fastball does at times, it can play plus when it's used correctly, which is awesome on top of all of his other stuff. We know he's got a really good changeup. I think it was the breaking stuff that I was worried about playing more than anything. And both of the slider and the curveball both seemed to, to be really good. Yeah, Raj sent me a message about his spin while the start was going on. I was like, yeah, that's that's well above average. And then I checked. And last year it would have been, what do we say, about 40th? It was around like Luke Weaver, I think, spin rate or something like that. But then we checked for this year. Uh, and, you know, it's limited sample, cold weather. Who knows if the spin rates might go up. I don't know how all that works. Uh, maybe less, fewer months. With the, yeah, fewer <laughs> months with the sticky stuff this year is probably going to lower the the average. But it was like directly above Garrett Cole for like second most in baseball. And that's going to help. And yeah, and, and the other sort of amazing thing is this he's from the 2019 draft. He's just the ninth player from that draft to show up to the bigs. You're talking about like Andrew Vaughn. And then uh, a bunch of dudes who just started this year, and it would have been Riley Green, but uh, sadly his foot. But to be the 802nd player drafted and be the ninth one to reach the majors is just remarkable. And it wasn't like a completely panic emergency move. They felt like he was their best option in the minors. They, they could have picked three other dudes who were on the 40-man, but they thought he was the best one. And they clearly think he's a piece of the future because they, they already said they're going to give him another start. He earned yeah, it. He absolutely yeah. earned it. Yeah. It would almost like, be upsetting if he started. didn't get another start. I'd be super bummed out, yeah. I, I think the fact that they brought him up suggests that, yeah, we're ready to roll with this guy if we have to. So that's awesome. It's it's a really good development for the Tigers. The, uh, it gives them the ability to sit on Joey Wentz for a little bit longer and let him keep you know working out his things in AAA instead of trying to force him up just because he's the closest and on the 40-man. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that, Trevor, because I thought that Wentz looks a little different than he did in spring training, where everything was – he was hitting the low part of the zone. His command was better in spring training. But so far in Toledo, everything's been up. But Hinch talked about that during – I was I, – look, I'm going to geek out here for a moment. I've never been able – I've never been able in the position to ask a manager a question, and I had the opportunity to ask – I asked uh, A.J. Hinch – how many pitches do you think he's going to go tonight? And he answered that question. So then I got a, a fist pump from Johnny Kane. So it, it made my weekend. Honestly, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to, it's just a lot has happened in the last couple of days and it's, a lot of it's hard to process, but I was, you know what? I was the same way a couple of years ago when I did that with, uh, with WJR. It's an awesome feeling. And, and you really earned it, man. Seriously. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. But it was just, it was like I said, it was the, uh, but those are the, the reason why I was asking that question is because the starters, until the Tiger starters this week have done better. Let's be fair here in terms of Scooble came out game one did really well. Today pitched a contact. Rodriguez came over, over came over overcame a slow start and pitched well, which they needed him to. And then Willie Peralta was ninety seven. But again, different podcasts. We're here to talk about the minors. But 
I, I'm overall, I'm really impressed with Brisky, and the Tigers definitely needed that. And he's not it, again. It was something that, and credit to Jacob Bose, who we're all at, we're all at to start last year, West Michigan, and Chris was taking the, the stopwatch. I was trying to learn how to do reports, and then make seeing Bose do this. Just if it, this is a visual thing on YouTube, just looking down on his radar, then looking up again, then taking scribbling a bunch of notes. And him and James Chipman were both were just like, and in addition to the story about us getting a new Holland, went to New Holland Brewery in a half or an hour before they closed and said, you're not taking anybody for food. Get the hell out of here. So that was part of the Grand Rapids story. Anyway, but let's start in Toledo and with some of the, the big names we've had or some names rather. And we've, I know not joking. We're not making fun of Toledo. It's just, there's not a lot going on down there, let's be honest. But we did see encouraging things this week, and we can talk about some of the bats. And one of the bats I want to talk about is Cody Clemens, who's had a pretty he had a pretty decent week. Yeah, Clemens did a, had a very strong week. 10 for 27 with a home run and four doubles, and not a ton of strikeouts. He didn't walk at all either, but he's a streaky hitter at times. But, yeah, he's one of the few guys down there that we care about who we haven't seen yet, as you like Toledo's just the home to the back of the 40 man at this point. And, but yeah, it's nice to see him perform and, and if, and when they need an infielder or another outfielder, he should be ready there for him because he's looking decent. Did you guys know that's Roger Clemens son? Really? Oh my God. No, it's wow. on a seven game hit streak now though. Yeah. By the way, I know they, I knew they knew that. I just want to make sure people know I'm kidding. Sometimes you don't know, <laughs> but yeah, he's on a seven game hit streak now. Well, that's a good thing. I feel like we've been talking about him possibly making the Tigers for two or three years now. Yeah, and he's had he's over 300, so that's saying something as far as some of the batting averages across in the minor leagues have been off to a slow start. So we did see Derek Hill do a rehab stint there relatively quick. It wasn't there too long. And the debut of the one of these pitchers, again, some of these pitchers are coming in now. No idea who they are, Derek the Law. I'm just gonna Derek call it. It's Derek Law, but I just I have, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Judge Dredd or anything, but the Law. That's yeah. So, wonder if he has uh, long arms. Pardon me. I wonder if he has long arms. Well, he stands at uh, what is he six? I have actually no idea how tall he is, but it's yeah uh, the the, the long arms. Starts arm with law. six. The, the if it starts with six, the arms are probably fairly long. His nickname, by the way, is. Is that thing, by the way, gentlemen? Law dog. The law oh, dog. No. Log dog. Not just the I'm sorry, I added the duh for the effect, but it's log dog. He's log, log dog. dog. <laughs> That's what I yeah, I'm like, hey, right. Yeah. So if he likes it, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna ask him if he man, I'm not gonna ask him that question. <laughs> the log dog. Okay, he likes it rough. But yeah, no, they uh I don't know. It, it, we were always keeping an eye on, on Ryan Kreidler down there. He didn't have a great week. I think he picked up his third home run, but nine strikeouts. And it's still like the, the question about his ability to pick up breaking balls is, is, is still there. And hopefully he'll heat up as the season goes on. Uh, but yeah, with, with Clemens and to a certain extent Kreidler, they, when Baez got hurt, they could have called up Kreidler. But yeah, I don't know if they think he's quite ready for that. Every day he reps at shortstop. And with Clemens, it's like you. With all the injuries the Tigers have have dealt with, they haven't had anybody injured at third base or second base, which is probably where he would fill in. So it's just luck of the draw there. 
With Kreidler not getting the call, if with Baez going out, if you replace him with Kreidler, you're essentially going to get probably more swing and miss, which was everybody's biggest concern with, with Javi Baez, with the potential for similar-ish power, but realistically less power. It, yeah. I feel like he needs more time. He needs to see more pitches, whatever the case may be. Maybe we get more reps at shortstop, but I, I was a fan of the fact that they didn't call Kreidler up at this time. Hopefully soon he's ready, but I, I didn't think he was for this call. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, and same thing. I just don't – there's still the fact he can't put together a consistent week of bats and what have you. So I, I don't know. Like, I'm glad that they're not rushing this because a lot of the fans on Twitter and social media bring him up. He's ready. We don't, we don't need a People are done with Candelario already for some reason. Yeah, exactly. It's April. 15 games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't get it. But, we did uh, see a couple strong outings from Elvin Rodriguez. Yes, we did. We did see that. We also saw Brady Pulselli pitch a game. <laughs> yeah. Do it all, man. Yeah, he's played every position. And uh, I don't know if he's played shortstop. He probably has for a game or two. He's definitely a super utility guy. You know, who's also had a really good week down in Toledo. Is the one of the newest. Pickups from recently it was, and that was Jamie Westbrook, who he, he's hitting over five hundred. And of course, since this is just limited ten at bats, but he also, I think he, I want to say, yeah, he homered on the twenty second, which was what Sat was that yesterday? No, that was Friday. Right, it was Friday. Yeah, he had a home run on Friday, and as far as that goes, in terms of Wentz, that's who I wanted to talk about, guys. Have you seen anything with Wentz that? Seem promising or anything? Same old from my perspective. Stuff looks pretty interesting, but can't stop walking people. I was just curious because he went four. I think he went four innings the other night. Four innings in his last start, and I guess the was it one of I think Trevor or you, Chris, talk about the increase of velocity again. Trevor was talking about how his fastball is, is crazy characteristics as it was last year, and now the velocity is up this year. I believe that's what. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly he's got uh, a, it was a pitch that would play well up in the zone based on characteristics. It had that piece still potentially coming out on bless you boys soon. I probably should remind Brandon <laughs> about that since I was talking about it coming out soon last week. But yeah, it's got really good characteristics to start. So if he's still two to three ticks higher, that, it helps to just play that much better. Yeah, and the other thing that I want to in terms of arms in down in Toledo was I wanted to mention some of the bullpen arms. Somebody it was the other day asked me about Nolan Blackwood. I honestly forgot that he was there because you don't, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just, I, I we don't hardly hear about him. I remember at one point was it Lynn Henning a couple of years ago during the 2020 short, shortened season that Nolan Blackwood was a name of the watch for the bullpen. I can't remember who said that, but yeah, it's, I do recall him getting like a, a decent amount of run in spring training or, or whatever summer camp it was. Toledo can be, you hate to say it, but an abyss for some of these guys who aren't on the 40 man, but are close, especially if they're relievers like that. Cause it just, you're watching for certain people once you get to Toledo. Cause then you have to move around your veterans that are four a player, you know, quad a players, all that stuff. So I, I, I get it. It's not, I don't think it's mean. It just, it happens. Yeah. Speaking of veteran players, Andrew Chafin did a scoreless inning tonight down in Toledo in his rehab. Shea Spritzbar is the other name. 
he's breezed through double A and triple A so far. Or and Nolan Blackwood had this horse inning. And you guys mentioned Elvin Rodriguez earlier. I'm just glad they keep him as a starter. I they should keep him as a starter, at least in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about that, but yeah, I think they, they want to keep him stretched out. I, I assume at this point for the Tigers, if he were coming up, he'd be like the long relief, like Ronnie Garcia, Drew Hutchinson has been but yeah, so you want him to be going three, four, five innings as much as possible. And he did. I think he went three innings, five strikeouts, four innings, five strikeouts. So that's nice to, to have a guy. And he was solid in his major league debut, too. It was still the third inning when he got uh, – it was just too much for him to handle. But we should also mention Angel De Jesus made his major league debut. I feel bad that I, I did all the – I was all super excited about it. Bob Brisky wrote a whole article about it. And then Angel De Jesus with this you know amazing story, he didn't sign until he was almost 20, makes the majors – and has one was a perfect inning, I think, and then got through the second inning without giving up a run. But that's a very cool debut story, too. But we just, uh, you know, there's only so much you can focus on in one day if you've got a 3,000th hit and uh, 27th rounder starting. Yeah, plus Tarek Sewell pitched really well. Yeah. And Alex Fido is coming up to Toledo, right? I don't know when he's going to start. Yep. We got that. It was uh, announced in the press box, too. Is Yeah. I, the first thing I think I asked, or, yeah, exactly. Alex Fajardo to Toledo. It's like that old grocery store announcement. <laughs> yeah. But as far as that goes, but then we let's head down to Erie. And there, Chris, I know this is a name that we've talked about, not in a, in a serious tone, but the, mm-hmm. uh, the one of the things in terms of a, a guy who starts for Erie is rather relatively a unsung hero. I don't want to say unsung hero, but he's not a guy that you, we all talk about. And Trevor, I don't know if you've ever talked about him. This would be today's starter, Chance Kirby. But Chance, Chance Kirby on the season right now, 13 innings, 14 strikeouts, five walks. He's been highly effective in these short sprints. Today, he had, uh, today was four innings, three hits, seven strikeouts. Just not, I know again, or fodder i get it but i don't know like it's just when you see some of these people because we get questions and you see this too trevor we get questions about guys like dane Dane myers we had jeff seidel of the i believe it's detroit news free press yeah i think he's yeah i don't know i don't want yeah. i don't want to mislabel he's from detroit yeah he's right from one of these great publications and he asked about carrie carpenter he was a real and we brought him up last week and but Chance Kirby fits in that category too, where he's a 25th overall pick, and this is in 2018. Not much expected, but it is good to have some assurance considering what Erie's has in terms of the rotation. It's not no Bull Briskies. You have Garrett Hill, which will his start went pretty good, but there's some little things to it. But anyway, but Ga- I thought Gage Workman had a pretty good, had a decent week. It's Workman is kind of this bizarre. All or nothing player right now, I don't, and I don't know how much longer it's going to last. So yeah, I think he what kind of classic workman what with five for a twenty two or something like that with a couple doubles and a homer. And whenever he hits a home run, it's just an absolute bomb. He murders the ball, but he also I want to say had a dozen strikeouts. It's just and he seems particularly susceptible to high fastballs and breaking balls below the zone, which is not a couple uh, great holes to have right now, but. Yeah, but he also still is he's playing solid defense at shortstop, would probably be a plus defender at third, has speed, has power. There's some interesting stuff there. It's just tough to project too much there if he can't make more consistent contact. 
Yeah, he struck out four times on two separate occasions this year in one game. It just, it's, again, I have trouble finding that hit tool to be there enough for it to matter long-term, no matter what. His defense is phenomenal. He could play anywhere, probably on the infield and, and be a great defender. I think eventually he's a third baseman where he played at Arizona State, but it comes down to that hit tool. Like you said, he's got power, and when he connects, it it goes a little bit. Interesting. I want him to be good so badly. It just He's got to just put the bat on the ball a little bit more, I think, and I'll be more into the idea of Gage Workman being one of the next guys up for the Tigers. And, and I think we talked about it the other week. Like it, it's Him going to double A is an aggressive assignment. They they started him at low A last year, which felt a little light, but was, ended up being appropriate. And then he came up to high A and struggled. And then after a month, he really turned it on. But it's always going to be that low contact, high damage to contact ratio with some interesting secondary stuff. But I don't know. Yeah, you just wonder how long he can make that last. And it's not an impossible profile to make last. People, there are players who do it. It's just you have to be very productive when you make contact about when you make contact. You have to be good defensively. So to make sure you have a spot for when you start to go 0 for 20 with 18 strikeouts, they don't want to take you out of the lineup because you're so good at third base. Yeah. The other person that we had off to a slow start in the area, but it seems like he picked it up this week. They, he hit safely in every game, but. Yesterday's game was Eric De La Rosa, who had three hits the first game on the 20th and then picked up a pair of hits today. And so he's raised his batting average from under 200 now to two, six, two, you know, respectable six, 267. This is something that I was I was concerned with with based off the strikeouts. He kind of looked a little lost to the plate, but I don't know, gentlemen. Would you guys see anything in Eric De La Rosa this week that stood out? I, he's a really fun player to watch because he just makes things happen. He's so fast and really aggressive. And, uh, yeah, they gave him three days off or two days off after the schedule off day to clear his head because he was off to a really rough start. So it was nice to see him get on base. And, and I think one of those games where he had multiple hits, it was just like spraying the ball, like little bloops to the right field, or right, right field, through the infield. And like I said, yeah, he's going to push the envelope and, and make you make good throws. And it's just nice to see a guy like that because – He's another guy who struggled with strikeouts, and if they can put him at the top of the order for them and, and trust him to get on base and cause trouble, that's going to make the Erie offense a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. It. Sorry. It, it, it looks so. What? I was trying to get a video up, so I don't know if that got heard in the background there. So I apologize. Oh, but, I know. I, I didn't hear. Didn't all hear right, you. perfect. I was trying to get a video up of his swing, right? Because one of the. Um, main things while I'm trying to get my thoughts together for me was his swing mechanics. I, I didn't trust them at all for him to be able to consistently hit anything outside of the, the high level that he was last year. And in the singular video I got to watch before I had to start talking just now, it looks like he's gotten a little bit better at it. It's it, it was his head would go up and down yeah, as he yeah. would load and get to, and get ready to swing. And you just can't do anything with you with your eye level moving that much. So it looks like it's gotten better this year. Again, I just watched one swing really quickly, so I could say that. But I feel like it has gotten a little bit better. And if it has, that's absolutely a good thing. And, and I'm, De La Rosa, with his speed, moves up in my book. And I, I honestly don't have him very high until I can confirm that mechanics look better. But it he becomes very interesting. you got to love those fast guys, right? Yeah, and you, yeah, it was that video that you mentioned, too, where you, I like the way you put that visual together of just – 
when you he's looking down at the bat and just like the in the whack almost like with, with the helmet flying off but you're right uh, you, i think it was i think you were saying something like how do you make contact that way at west michigan last year and but yeah. I, I remember him when we interviewed him he just talked about he was trying to do too much and he simplified his approach mm-hmm. and he was trying to be maybe a muscle a guy that would hit with power but he said he just wanted to do his game so it's still kind of a process to me. in terms of taking defensive routes and outfield i know people have talked about that a little bit but defensively i've watched truthfully i watched i watched as much eerie i watched a lot of eerie today and i watched eerie on thursday what was it no it was it was, was it thursday yeah either way but as much as i can so i always have the multiple i think what i for now on i want to have the the ultimate setup like i had today just that's nice. all the technology around me and yeah, just i think absolutely. i think thursday was the day they had a double header right Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were. That was a day. But yeah. So one one more thing on Taylor. So just for the YouTube people who might be watching this. So I'm going to demonstrate a little. It's called striding down. Is what I was talking about. At least that's what I've been told it's called. And what happened is he starts tall, you know, with his hands, and then he loads and he comes down and then back up. It works better if you're not sitting down and holding a bat and getting ready to swing. But that's bit is the eye line will change like that as you go up and down. Mm-hmm. You think about what these guys are throwing. There's no way you're getting the velocity up. You're not going to be able to really see breaking pitches even probably. It just you got, Your eyes have to adjust so much, and you already have so little time to make a decision on it if you want to swing that it makes it really tough. So is, that's on your timeline on Twitter, right? I It should be in an article if you it's, uh, visit to the video room on, on Bless You Boys. I, I took screenshots of it, goes up and down, and I don't know if I ever tweeted about it or not, to be honest. Yeah, I think I, I would have sworn I saw something on Twitter about it, but I, I did read that article, so I maybe it was there too. I I, I had messaged you during spring training because I saw the one video, right, yeah, and I said it looks better, and I because I wasn't able to watch, I had to work or something, so I wanted your opinion on what was happening with the the bounciness. <laughs> yeah, he's. I didn't really. It didn't really occur to me until. See, okay, we can. I have a swing. I'll pull it up right now. I, I know we're making a lot of Twitter. Yeah. But I, I still I, I want people who are watching YouTube to see what what Trevor's talking about because it was something that again we saw a couple times last year where he would swing out of his tops shoe tops kind of thing and somehow he always made contact he was I liked his eagerness at the plate and now okay great now my things decided well, he's one of a number of guys in the system just like Workman and like maybe like Park Meadows we'll talk about in a little bit where. There's a lot of really interesting tools there if you can just get the contact down. Because even De La Rosa, he's not a big, powerful guy, and he's not going to hit for a ton of power. But he has surprising raw pop because he's got really quick hands. So it's probably an emergency outfielder at best, unless he can make a lot more contact. But still interesting when you give those guys chances because of the tools. Yeah, for sure. And especially if if, if he's got speed, that helps too. We've seen... In the past, more so in the past than lately, but those speed guys always just find a way to into October, right? If the yeah. Tigers ever get there, it's there's a role for them, even if they are just an emergency outfielder. But again, if De La Rosa fixes a few things that I see in a public eye, and I'm sure many things that are seen behind the scenes, all of a sudden the contact goes up a little bit, and I he does have really quick hands. That's kind of what that's kind of how he got away with what he was doing for so long, but. I don't know. The, the in-game power, I don't know if it'll ever be more than like a 30. It's probably 
Yeah. It's never going to be over the fence power at consistently, at least. It'll be more doubles, triples, gaps, and whatnot. I'm just reiterating what you said at this point, but I agree with your assessment. I guess this would have been quicker. Yeah. I was trying to share screen for whatever reason. My computer's just being a turd sandwich about it. Then we'll make a video and send yeah. it out. <laughs> there we go. It'll be. It'll, <laughs> Yeah, the head bob. We'll call it the head bob video or something like. That. No, you know what? Oh yeah, have him bobbing his head to uh, to beat the beat of something. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. I just want to bring up go Dylan ahead. Dingler real quick. Just uh, just checking in on Dingler. Five for twenty, a home run, five strikeouts. Like this typical Dingler week. Now he's not doing a whole lot on offense these days, and that's fine, I guess. Uh, yeah, hopefully he's focusing mostly on his defense because that's what's going to get him to the big. But you would like to see a little bit more production because he looked so damn good last year, even for the first couple of weeks of double A, and then it went off a cliff and he hasn't seemed to find it since then. And that goes back to the focus thing I talked about last week. Maybe he's just focusing on defense. They're saying go yeah. out. Offense doesn't do what you can on offense, but we want you to focus on calling a game. Yeah. We want you to focus on this, that. You get your pop time to down i don't know whatever the case may be but i think they maybe they're sending him defensively focused for now before they they bring him back fully offensively could it could be happening well did raj freeze did everyone freeze but me no i'm i'm still here i'm good yeah we should touch on the pitching i think you mentioned garrett hill, five hill and olsen olsen back five to- nine strikeouts yeah, yeah, they yeah. like stayed near twenty strikeouts and back in in both games of a double header, which is awesome. I actually ran out of time to watch those games, so I didn't. But I know I love Reese Olson, and I know that I'm surprised at Garrett Hill still. I know that he was in the AFL. I tried, and I know that he's got some stuff. I feel like his stuff has has improved this year. Is the missing factor here between what I'm thinking Garrett Hill is and what he's doing? The strange thing about Garrett Hill. Uh, it reminds me vaguely of Spencer Turnbull. Now, they don't have the same kind of arms, but Spencer Turnbull just never gave up home runs in the minors. And Hill is pretty similar. He just gets a lot of ground balls and doesn't give up a ton of uh, damage when they put the ball in play. And yeah, I, mean, though, I, I actually didn't watch his 10 strikeout start. I watched his first outing of the year. And there he's got a really nice changeup too at times where sometimes it even shows like split action on it. It just drops off the table. So that's nice. He's He doesn't have... It's somewhat similar to Brisky. He does not have the top end velocity that Brisky does, or and I assume the fastball characteristics. So he's got to be a lot more careful with his fastball. And I don't know if he'll play against big leaguers, but I don't know. I compared him to Thad Weber the other day. It was a name that, that goes back about 15 years to if any Tigers fans remember him as a, as a guy I didn't think was going to make the majors, and he ended up having a couple spending I think parts of three seasons in the bigs. Yeah. So his his fastball. Uh... As of you know, last year was below average spin. Had a lot of characteristics that maybe it looks like maybe it was a two seamer because it's got higher horizontal movement, less on on IVB and plane and whatnot. But it's got below average spin to it. So yeah, he doesn't have the fastball characteristics that Brisky does. But I think that I want to make a marker for the listeners here for when we jump down to high A. Because mm-hmm. you've we've talked about the changeup with Bo Brisky, talked about a changeup with Garrett Hill, and that's going to be important for things that I say later. So just remember that we got a couple guys with good changeups here, and Reese Olson, who I've watched much much more of than I have uh, Hill. 
it's all command with him, man. His stuff mm-hmm. is there. I don't. I have trouble thinking his stuff isn't there for whatever. It's all just command. Yeah, and and that's it. It was the book on him coming out when they acquired him in the trade, and what we saw is you wonder if it's going to come because of his unorthodox high effort delivery. Uh, he throws a, a decent amount of strikes, but yeah. It, it's you don't know if he's going to have that level of command to put it put everything where he wants it. But yeah, all, like all four of his pitches flash above average, like fairly frequently. So it's a nice like I think I've compared him to Alex Lang before. Like maybe at some point you just throw that guy in the bullpen and let his stuff blow people away. And that's a I think that brings up a point that I think maybe should be touched on a little bit. Command. Hi, power command is more than just not walking guys. And I yeah. think sometimes. It- it gets confused with he has a high walk rate, he has poor command, but it's you have command in the zone too, right? Like you don't want to leave fastballs over the middle or changeups over the middle because that'll ding you for command also. I've put 45 future value command or 40 command on a guy who is not walking a ton, but he just can't not put his pitches in the middle of the zone. Right? So there's that other side of command too for Olsen than just keeping walks down or for Flores than just keeping walks down or for whoever than just not walking a lot of guys. There is one thing I wanted. I'm sorry, I just jumped in. It was literally I was, I was about to say something, and the power, some accident happened over here by my house. But I guess that's what my wife was saying. But anyway, I watched Gary Hill start on Saturday, and there was a couple times, it was especially on righties. He had a couple right-handers. He had he had two right-handers, but every it was every time I go inside, it was up and tight. Which I respect the fact he did that, but. I thought that it was one of the first starts where I saw it just it kept anytime he would go bust anybody inside, it was just high and tight, high and tight. But I thought lefties he handled pretty well. Overall, I, I, there was a question about whether Gary Hill would be an option down the line. And I still, to me, I still think there's a reliever risk to there to him. I think that he could go in five innings is great. And that was starting. Hopefully he can go more, but. I, against the, I don't know how Richmond stands in in terms of the standings of offense, if they're good or bad or what have you. But ten strikeouts does that's that is an eye opening number. But I don't know what you guys think of Gary Hill on Saturday. Yeah, we had we covered that. And I think one of the things that you might find interesting, you missed. He has a uh, he has. Sorry, uh, no. We talked about his fastball data, right? We talked oh. about how he doesn't he in a way is like Brisky, right? He doesn't have that insane stuff behind his fastball which is true he's got it's below it's fringe average but below average spin on his fastball and it's got more two seam sinkerish characteristics to it than anything else which is interesting i thought but yeah, would you I, so would you say his stuff has ticked up this year from last year i'd say so i i, I think there's definitely especially i think his location too i, I don't know if you guys correct i thought his off speed stuff looked sharper this year compared to last year yeah, we were, I, we were mentioned. I didn't see this start. I need to go back and watch it. But I watched his first start of the year, and, the, and his changeup at times looked really impressive. And it feels like the sort of thing that would still work against higher level hitters, but maybe not if they're sitting on it because they're not worried about anything else. Yeah, he, he pitched in the AFL. He was in the Fall Stars games. We got one inning from there. He looked okay. And I don't know. He, he strikes me as more than an org guy, but probably not much more than like emergency depth. We'll see. I mean, he's 26 already, I think. I mean, it's, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, 
And I didn't watch the start either. So boy, are we glad you came back. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. We, we talked about Reese Olsen a little bit too, but yeah, I, he's tearing up double A. I thought he might go to triple A to replace Brisky, but that's where they sent Fido, which makes sense. And again, that's the sort of thing that kind of tells you how the organization feels about a, a player. As far as Fido goes, there's, you guys think he's going to start or is he going to come out of the bullpen if the Tigers call him up? I, I um, think would like to might... see him pitch in Toledo before I answer that question. Same uh, here. My head right now, probably bullpen, but I have not I have not moved off of my future middle relief evaluation of Alex Fiedo yet. So I, I want to see what he does coming back from injury. I want to see where his velocity is at more than anything. I know that we got a little bit in, in Lakeland, but I just want to see how it's the velocities holding where it's at, what he's looking like that way before. Because I think that's huge between middle relief or potential starter. Yeah, I think they're going to continue having him build up his innings in Toledo for a couple outings. I think they'd like to get him to five or six innings in a start, uh, outing just in case they need a starter and they want to try him that way. And it's one of those things, he's a former first-round pick. They probably want to give him every chance to fail as a starter before they move him to the bullpen, unless the Tigers randomly reel off 15 wins here and look like a real contender and they need another arm in the bullpen. I think he is destined, like Trevor, I say, he's destined for middle relief probably down the road. I've always made the Alex Wilson comp. But, yeah, I, I think for their part, because they've had more invested in him, I think they're going to continue to develop him as a starter for now. Speaking of starters, we moved down to high West Michigan, and there was the – it's Flores watch now, essentially. And so Wilmer Flores – He's what? <laughs> It's well. It's wild yeah. that it's Flores watch because let's not forget Flores there's Dylan watch. Smith and there's yeah. time at it. Like there's, yeah. there's some good arms. Like that's my favorite level of arms for the the Tigers farm system right now. And it's all just it's Flores watch. It's funny is because <laughs> I crack up about this. So Chris and I will try to split duties. And, and today I I was off the grid a little bit today. I've decided to I worked almost what, 15, yeah. 16 hours yesterday. Some crazy super ridiculous. long day yesterday. Super long day. So I'll get some stuff done around the house and I get all my station stuff set up. And I text Chris, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna watch West Michigan and the Tigers game. He's like, do the same thing. We didn't we didn't mention Erie or Toledo at all. Just, yeah, part of that was was West Michigan was the first game. But yeah, I mean like it is. The, there are games for the other levels that are fun to watch, but there's must watch games in West Michigan right now. Yeah. Must see Flores TV. And that was Luis Castillo TV today. Yeah. And you know what? Let's give a round of applause for Austin Schultz, who got a hit off of him. And he actually liked the the tweet, too. He was uh, pretty stoked about it. So he he commented, he's like, he's got got to love baseball or whatever. Yeah. It's hilarious because, yeah, he was what, the 10th rounder last year, I think. Yeah. Maybe ninth rounder. 0 for 15 Um, or something like that, too. He just hasn't been playing a ton down there. And yeah, he started 0 for 13. and, And it's hard for anybody to hit when they're not playing a ton. It comes up, it, it smokes a line single right past Luis Castillo's head. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. It gets called Baseball. up to the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately um, after. Can you imagine the Tigers watching? Go, All right, you got to hit off Luis Castillo. Welcome to Detroit. So, yeah, there was. So, Flores came in and actually pitched longer. He pitched long his longest game so far four innings, two hits, pair of run, uh, one earned run, six strikeouts, and a walk. And his walks are already down from last year when down in Lakeland. But I, I, your video earlier, Trevor, was pretty funny. But the, but that curveball on the first strike 
though. Just like it's just the ability to freeze. And I thought today, I don't know, just me, but I thought he threw more off speed than just the fastball. Uh, yeah, little... absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Just... No, it, it it he I so from him and from Dylan Smith, who I'm sure is another conversation. It looked like we're seeing more changeups from him. It's almost like the first few starts, like okay, just go fastball, breaking ball, fastball, breaking ball, and then today they're like, all right, let's start unleashing some changeups. Let's start getting it going. The changeup is actually what Matthew Nelson hit about eighteen thousand feet on top of the concession stand in Dayton. But it, it it was a bomb. Like I'm I'm not yeah, gonna take anything away from it. Like it was a bomb. But it was a waist high changeup that was flat. So I mean that that's gonna happen. You talked about his curveball in the first. His curveball on his last strikeout, which would have been the last battery faced, if I'm remembering the the game correctly, that was filthy too. That dropped right off of the table. It started bottom of the zone, and, and nothing the hitter could do. But yeah, we're seeing a lot more off speed. And uh, I, I made a, mar- a remark, Rogelio, while you were away about how it's important to remember we were talking about changeups of Bo Brisky and of Garrett Hill and all these guys who have good changeups because Wilmer Flores is a guy who that changeup, I think, is going to, among a couple other things, going to make or break starter reliever. I, I think his changeup today flashed like it could be fringe, if not higher, in the future. It was not consistent there. I think mostly it played very badly because of command. But when he got to the bottom of the zone, he threw some good changeups. And I think that if he can develop that, then you have a really fun starter here. And if he can't, well, then there's nothing wrong. I, I, it's a high leverage fastball, a high octane fastball and, and hammer curveball guy in a bullpen role. But I think that changeup is huge for me in terms of what he is moving forward. Yeah, I haven't watched this outing from today yet, but uh, I did notice I think it was I don't think he threw a changeup in his first outing at all. But I think in his last outing, he did. It randomly, at least that was based on a visual, but mostly the radar gun. And that was also in Dayton, I believe. And the weird thing about that is I feel like he did a back-to-back against a right-handed hitter, which was like, yeah. all right, okay, sure. Now's a good time to try it. But there, yeah, because it'd be like his slider is, I don't know, low 80s or so. And then the curveball. High, high 70s, I, low high 80s. 70s. Oh. oh. He throws a slider in there. He's got a slider too, yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so I, I, I'm trying to remember what the slider but yeah, there was a pitch in the middle and it didn't break. And I was like, well, that's got to be the changeup. It was like 85. <laughs> um, so I haven't seen today to see if he's thrown those more. But I thought the, he threw two of them back to back. One looked good. The other one, not so good. Uh, Spoiler alert, Matthew Nelson demolishes a baseball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I actually did see that because Roger was like, oh, I, man. I won't tell you when second hitter he faces. I won't tell you when, though. I actually saw that because we were <laughs> we turned it on briefly. I was like, I'm going to get his first strikeout. But then the. The stream missed his first pitch. And, yeah, the, um, the stream, the stream down Dean today was bad. It was scary. Well, it kept cutting out a lot. Didn't do did we miss like a full inning because they were interviewing yeah. the the pitching coach about Luis Castillo? Like, yeah, I get that it's Dayton and I get it's Luis Castillo, but Wilmer Flores. There, there are things about the Dayton broadcast that I like a lot. They have the they will show the distance on home runs. They'll show velocity. That's always good. But they also do this strange thing where after every out or play. They just show somebody in the stands. They just do a camera on a fan. And I'm like, I would like to see a replay of what just happened. But yeah. then I'm seeing this cute little kid. But Dayton's one of the better broadcasts, honestly, that I've watched. I was watching yeah. Visalia today. And at one point, Ooh. they they went to, they were showing open face of the batter as the pitch was coming in on two strikes. And they cut to the crowd, the shortstop. And then after the swing, they cut to the center field camera, all in the span of like two <laughs> seconds. 
<laughs> you, know, you, you bet just an incredibly frazzled director working by their self like uh, camera six camera four <laughs> maybe he's, like, he's trying to sort out his lottery numbers while he's like looking yeah, down like, six yeah. but Gotta, yeah but uh, no it was bad the stream was bad today but you're right dayton does a really good job but there was i was trying to sync up Hayes or Hayes, dan hasey's recorded dan hasey's radio broadcast and i tried to sync up with a video and it was couldn't do it. I did it for his Perez one the best way, the best I could. And I did it for a couple of strikeouts, but ah, never again. I'm never trying that again. That was way too hard. Okay. Uh, just speaking of Wencio Perez, I can't, I can't wait until we're through this crop of guys who were in West Michigan when they were low A because yeah. there are so many guys in my mind who are stagnant because they I've just seen them in West Michigan uniforms for three years. I'm like, they're not yeah. going anywhere, but like, they did. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's the exact argument I wanted to make today with, with Winslow Perez. And we've mentioned a couple times before that I, I can still see a post-hype prospect Harold Castro career for Winslow Perez. And you look at it, he's, it, it's not all that different than Parker Meadows, just to your point, Trevor, like a guy who's been there forever. He's still only 22. He's 22 all year which is totally normal age for high A. And he's hitting 333 on the year, hit three home runs this week. One of them was in inside the Parker. But the other two were basically left center as a left-handed hitter. He's not a guy with a ton of power, but that's nice to see. He's hitting well. He stole a couple bases. He's walking. Yeah, I think there might be something there. I, like, I wouldn't describe him as a top 10 prospect in the system or maybe not even top 20, but maybe he's gaining some of that status back. You don't want to base it too much on a couple weeks of performance, but he had that pedigree at one point. He had three home runs in the last two games. So that's uh, yeah. significant. With a well, couple doubles, I believe, right? Yeah, a couple doubles, too. And yeah. the reason why I pause is because we talked about this. I believe we talked about this with Hasty before that. He goes through these lulls where it'll hit, look really good for a month and then just go back to this striking out a lot and all that. But maybe if he puts it th- together this year, it could be the year. Some of that is just it's just baseball. Like, uh, to that point, we were all super excited about Parker Meadows. Had that awesome first week. This week, he was... Right back to his old ways. I think I want to say he went like 188. Yeah, 10 strikeouts in, in one walk. Like he just, the hard contact stopped completely all of a sudden. It's like, oh man. And you just, I, I want to believe in the guy that we saw and, and the, the noise he was making in, in camp and the hard contact he was making. So I'd like to believe that maybe he's just having trouble seeing it in Dayton. But we'll see. There's going to be some ups and downs. Some Dayton to the mothership. <laughs> okay. For anybody out there that got the reference. With the, oh, we, we, we did see former Tiger Nick Quintana too. Yes, Dayton this week, and I heard on the broadcast that he's been one of their most consistent hitters, and I, I, I was uh, confused. Yeah, they were saying in the first game, I think he's batting eighth or ninth or whatever, but they, they said, yeah, he's got the best OPS on the team. Um, it's one of those situations where you hope the best for Nick Quintana, really. I right. mean, yeah. he's got a big league here for him. He hit a home run today, I think, or maybe it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he, he did it. Yeah, yeah. he's. Yeah, uh, you hope. I know I've been mean, but I don't. I hope he does. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're calling them names or anything. But it, when the the OPS thing, I'm like, wait a minute. Don't they have their best pro or best prospect in their system? De La Cruz. Ali de La Cruz. De La Cruz. Yeah. yeah. Who, but by the way, who he? Yeah, he had an at bat earlier. I think it was a home run off of off Marks, where mm-hmm. it was like this kind of like belt high or a little bit above high. He just kind of muscled it out a little bit. But he was a he was a fun watch. And Dayton's that's a good Monster. team. Monster. Monster. Le- they're yeah, eleven and four. Monster. 
Yeah, yeah but that whole team, I thought, I don't know. Like, I also enjoyed uh, the, what was the guy's name? Uh, Serta. I know he's probably not, probably not a, a dude, but. That's one of my, I think I told you, his name's Alan Serta, and I can't hear that without say, thinking, I'll insert A, and I keep thinking of like a prostate exam. <laughs> Alan Serta. That reminds me, there was a, a dude on Richmond named Frankie Tostada, and I was like, I love that name. That's a mobster from Frankie Tostada. But, yeah, uh, he's he's from the uh, south side of Italy or something. Or, uh, yeah. Frankie Tostada. Tostada. He, did, he was in the army in Mexico. Now he's playing in Richmond. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, there were a couple other nice offensive performances down there in Dayton. I don't know if the wind was blowing out. Some guys were putting up some big home run distances. Brian Packard had a great week, which is oh, nice yeah. to see after struggling for the first part of the year. He almost had a cycle in one game. And then Colt Keith has really started to pick up his offense, which is, is nice to see. He had a really nice – who was Friday. he going against? Four for four? That's yeah, he went at the four for yeah. four night. But he also had a really great hit early in the week where I, we highlighted it where a pitcher was throwing 96 and like outside and Keith just went with it and stroked a double, like a line drive double right down the left field line. I was like, well, that's what we want to see from him. He's a guy who's going to hit the ball hard down the lines and the gaps. And then he crushed a homer to center field the other day. I was like, well, all right. So, yeah, I'm still excited about him. He just, we were so excited about him last year. He gets a little bit lost in the shuffle this year because all the cool pitching down there. Yeah. And Brian Packard had back-to-back multi-hit games. Hey, he got hit by a pitch and yeah, he came out. He still picked up a hit, though. Yeah. But it's good to see Brian Packard. I know that Tre- Trevor and I have been fans of well, – we are fans of Brian Packard, and hopefully he gets on a level where he's hitting more consistently. And, yeah, yeah you're right. There's great. a lot of guys in West Michigan. I, I think So uh, on the Colt Key thing, real quick before you move on, I just want to say that that's the Lakeland effect, right? We're all excited about him when he's in Lakeland and we can't see him. And then now we're like, yeah. all right, we can see him every day. Cool, Cole Keith. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's a uh, yeah, there's some of that there. For, 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 but he's still good. I love Cole Keith. I'm yeah. so excited about him. He I'm wasn't so there on Lakeland last year when they went to Bradenton, so we got no footage of him all year until he came to West Michigan at the end of the year. I went in which he struggled a little bit because it was a, a big ask for a, a guy in his first professional season to go to high A. But we do need to touch on Dylan Smith and Ty Madden. I, I Dylan Smith is boringly awesome to me I, I don't mean to mean that say bad things about it he just is so consistent right now and and nobody does anything against him and but it's it's i i'm i was gonna write something about jimenez from from lakeland i don't think there's enough there so i'm switching it up and I, i'm doing a full as much as i can fit into normal thoughts about dylan smith for for bless you boys at least i'm planning to i haven't started it yet we'll see when that actually gets started but i am very excited. I am nerding out over what he's doing right now because he's had three outings and he hasn't given the same look twice. He is doing different things each time. Like it was this last outing. I think the different thing was he, he was up and in with his fastball, any two strike count. The last time he was leading with his off speed stuff. First time it was a normal, like you would think, fastball, breaking ball. And this last time also, we got to see some changeups. And he threw one changeup that was absolutely nuts that dropped off the face of the planet and looked almost like a screwball. And was, then that on he, a, was that on a lefty, right? Or was that a righty? I don't remember. It is, it's in the tweets that I have about him. I yeah. don't remember. What, what what he yeah. And then, he, like Flores, he threw some changeups. And both of them, if the changeup was belt or up, 
it was flat and it it was just going to stay there for the hitter to do whatever they wanted to do with it. So um, still work in progress there, but I love the fact that he's approaching each game differently. And I'm sure that's by design, but the fact that he's executing it, I, I could not be higher on Dylan Smith right now. We are definitely seeing, we talked about this floor zero. You're absolutely right. I, this is something I'm not used to seeing, which is a game plan. We talked about this last week about individual game plans, but to see it unfold, actually like you going, okay. If you watch enough minor league baseball or just baseball in general to see that, okay, they're going to throw their certain amount of curveballs or anything out there. I'm not used to that kind of organization. And, and in terms of just seeing the progression of what they're going to work on each time. And Smith right now, the bit, the best part about him is, is command one walk. I'm sorry, control either way. He's, the way he's going hitting the strike zone, 10 innings of work, just one walk. He's a guy I feel comfortable projecting for above average command, if not plus like just his smooth delivery throws a ton of strikes. Yeah. He's I'm definitely excited about his future. It is boring to watch because he's just doing the job. That's yeah. the thing is I'm, I very much am intrigued because I'm watching specifically like what, what look is he giving us, but not, that's not how people watch baseball. People watch baseball. Oh, he struck somebody out. Oh, ground out to the shortstop. Like, it is he's doing the job, which is awesome and also boring, but I, I, I love it, man. I love it. And I think with Smith, he gave up a home run on a breaking ball, I believe. Just like whoever Flores was a change up, you said. Um, and yeah, that's just going to it's going to happen when you're working on that sort of stuff. And you end up leaving a pitch over the heart of the plate. These are professional hitters. They, that's, they, they get lucky and hit uh, a ball 400 feet right over the middle. But I, I did want to touch on Ty Madden because oddly enough, like his numbers aren't as good as Flores or Smith, and it's not quite as electric as Flores has been or as consistent as Smith is. But I, I still think I'm most excited about Madden, oddly enough. And it's because the mix of a couple of things he has very much has a starter's delivery. Like he doesn't fall off the mound at all. It's consistent. He's in a good field position. It's uh, repeatable. That's the one thing we didn't talk about Flores, I, I think, is that a violent delivery you can see that from trevor's uh, tweet today about his hat pops off because it, when your head whacks that hard and that's not necessarily a disqualifying thing if you're throwing quality strikes and he has so far so i'm not gonna put flores in the bullpen just yet but with madden it's a starter and uh the interesting thing about him is is i think he's still trying to rein in his fastball command now that he's changed his mechanics slightly and you see him missing up a lot like he's throwing he's trying to throw fastballs up in the zone a lot. That's what they want him to do from his new angle. And, and he just doesn't have the command of that yet. He sprays it left and right a fair amount. He hit a couple guys in his outing. But man, yeah, so he's got two breaking balls, but I almost want to say he's got three. So the, the, his, his his one curveball is like 70 miles an hour. He barely breaks it out. And it's this like comical thing where you're, you're not expecting it. And it's like, whoop, look at that thing. It's 70 miles an hour. But he's got his slider goes from like 81 to 87. And it seems like he can do that at will. 81 to 83, it's like a hard downer, almost knuckle curve. It's mostly vertical movement. But then from 85 to 87, it's got this nasty bite to it. And guys just swing and miss. And he seems to have really good control of that. I think he left a couple over the heart in his first start. But I've been excited about that. And he's another guy who's breaking out the changeup a little bit more. And he threw a couple, I want to say 85, 86, that had really good fade on him. I was like, wow, that he doesn't throw him enough. But I think that thing has got, uh, you know, above average. And I'm just excited about him 
and, and to watch his development over the next few starts. We wanted, I wanted to write a report for him for the Patreon, but I didn't want to do that based on three viewings. So we're going to go, go try to catch his next start either in West Michigan, or I think they're in Lansing the, the following weekend. So we're going to catch one of those. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'm actually the Tigers. This is a perfect time for the Tigers to hit the West coast. Cause It'll go out west. They start with Minnesota on Tuesday, so a chance to catch up and and see Flores, Madden, and Smith. I'm really interested in seeing Madden. I did not get a chance to watch his last start, so I'll have to do some catch up on that. But I, I don't know. I'm the I'm not gonna say embarrassment, Richards, because that's is that too, is that too much to say for this right well, now? It's a nice depth of really interesting arms. Yeah. They're all, I mean, we're still talking about high A here. So, you know, things can go wrong in the next two levels, uh, even before they get to the majors. But we're seeing in three different starters down there in West Michigan a lot of things to like about the future for the pitching development. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sorry. But like last year before, I would be excited for one game a week to watch some of these guys in West Michigan or uh, never Lakeland, but Erie, whatever. And now it's, yeah. Like I, I want to watch West Michigan every day just to see what's going to happen with some of these guys. So I, it's certainly, I, it's ticked up. Embarrassment of riches, I think, works perfectly. It's definitely ticked up. Well, right. and I put out the tweet for the on the minor league Twitter account last week, and I was like, huh, which I, I just wanted to get the the temperature of the fan base right now, uh, and I was like, hey, which starter should I put in here? Hill's off to a great start, risky, but I'm like, no, those guys are too old. 26 and 24, get out of here. So I just went with. Madden, who's 22, Smith, who's 22, Olsen, who's 22, and Flores, who's 21. It's like, yeah, all right, this is this will work. This is four really interesting arms at 22 or younger. So, yeah, and it's, it's a good one time. More thing on, one more thing on Flores. I feel like I've done my duty as a Tigers fan uh, and somebody who writes for a Tigers website and everything because I got Wilmer Flores on uh, Pitching Ninja. Yeah. It was my own tweet, but Rob Friedman retweeted it, and I, I feel good about that. I hope it's appreciated. And he's on the radar now, I think. It's, I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, I think we put together a couple videos of all his strikeouts in 10, 15 seconds or whatever. Actually, we should do another one. But, uh, yeah, that's his sort of thing that he does. And it wouldn't shock me if we start seeing Flores on there more often because he does have some yeah. pretty nasty stuff. And it worked. So the video is he throws a strikeout, 95-mile-an-hour fastball, hat falls off, he catches it on the follow-through, and then whips his long hair back yeah, and, the surfer and hair whip. walks yeah, off great. like – walks off like he rules the world which i mean a little bit but it let's talk i i felt bad doing that video a little bit because the reason the hat fell off is the same reason that we're saying he has reliever risk right he's got head whack which is whack your head down on the follow through your hat falls off especially if you have a lot of hair but even if you don't your hat can fall off and everything so i'm like i'm promoting that he has head whack but also he looked so cool yeah no i remember who was who was the dude from lsu Ended up going to the Nats, I think. The pitcher that a lot of people wanted the Tigers to take. Oh, shoot, I'm forgetting his name. But he was a guy who had really interesting stuff, but also like had such a bad head whack that his hat would often fall off uh, like multiple times in an inning. And but you know what? Like, it, yeah, it, it can fix. Chase Petty's is already a lot better. And when right. uh, the first video that I saw of a high school Chase Petty before the draft, it was bad. Like it was his hat fell off every pitch. And yeah. it's mostly been cleaned up from his time with the twins and now the the reds it's good to see that to be can be easily corrected and, and i'm sure the tigers will address it at some point they've they addressed it the way they addressed it addressed madden comes to mind so 
Do you want yeah. to know the stupidest way I've heard to correct head whack? I learned this one in high school because there were kids who did it. As you release the pitch, as soon as you throw it, somebody behind the catcher holds up a number. And you have to be able to tell them what the number because then you release it. If your head's going oh, down, okay. it's going down. So they'll bring it right down right afterward. But you have to be able to tell them the number that they put up to That's get genius. used to. Yeah, it's so simple. Yeah, it's like a roadside DUI test. Lakeland fell back down the earth in terms of no video. We had several requests this week for video. And look, folks, if we could get, like I said, I would find a way to buy a camera for Lakeland, but it's beyond my control. So we're gonna have to get a drone, I think. Yeah. Again, we're hey, gonna that'll, be that'll the... stop the game. I went to a Peoria game and they there was a 25 minute delay because there was a drone just flying over the field. Yeah. <laughs> they, they brought all the players in the dugout and everything. This was the wildest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Wait, right, Sherry, what is it? Sherry Cousin? Is that her name? Yeah. She's down there get, taking video, but she's not, she's not uh, as prolific as we are, shall we say. But she does get some good video. It's just uh, real good video. Yeah, we, we've got, yeah. we've got re- relatives down there. Like Carlos Mendoza's cousin from Venezuela is like, hey, what's Carlos Mendoza doing? We're like, ah, sorry, guy, I, we got nothing. But yeah. but they did. They actually had a really good week. They went five and one, which is good for them. Again, I don't particularly care about their wins down there because I just want to see the good players do well. And it was a mixed bag. Pacheco has has, has really picked it up. Uh, he had a, a kind of a slow start, but he's doing damage just about every game now. Yeah, I don't. I, I in the past I've said, yeah, that might be a first baseman. Actually, he's a better athlete than you think, but he's so big at such a young age that, like, I've Jim Tomey was a third baseman. Remember? Yeah. And then he ended up being like a giant. Anderson was a first. Was a third baseman. Too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so they can move him over to third and Pacheco to first. But yeah, well, I let's see. I had his numbers. What was his numbers this week? Yeah, six for twenty, three doubles, a homer, seven walks. Like he's walking a ton, making hard contact. That's all. That's that was what he was uh, projected to do, and that's what he's doing. So that's exciting to see. Here's the one thing about the Tigers' new development system is that I love aggressive assignments, and the Dodgers are not good at aggressive assignments for the most part. So I I, I, I already want them to be like, all right, Pacheco. Hi, we'll see what you can do, which would be like aggressive. I'm already ready for yeah. it, though, and I doubt that, that would happen this year. But still, I think I was worried because he wasn't particularly good in the Gulf Coast League or whatever it was last year, whatever the stupid thing they called it, Florida Complex League. So I was like, I don't know, this might be a little bit aggressive, but he's handling it well. He's handling it better than Santana has really come back to earth. He's still putting together good plate appearances, but not hitting the ball. Uh, you're not, not finding holes. Campo still doesn't have a home run. It, they're all really young guys down there, and you just want them to stay afloat for the most part. Pacheco's doing more than that, so that's exciting. Yeah, and in terms of even weight, like Campos had a multi-hit game yesterday. He hit, collected two hits, so there's still a little bit of, again, I'm not really worried about the power as long as he is able to at least get pull together yeah. some good at-bats. So he's I'm trying to say, yeah, yeah, and he's only, remember, he's only 18, but one thing I did want to say that was encouraging, though, he only did strike out three times the entire week. Nice. That's good. I think it yeah. was Chris. I think last week, Chris, it was you who mentioned this, and I, let's say, borrowed it for my thoughts from Lakeland piece that I that I dropped. But it, it was a, a really good assessment when I went back and watched. Campos is not hitting the ball softly. He's just hitting line drive down. Like mm-hmm. He's not lifting the ball that much. So. If he's still hitting the ball hard at 115 miles an hour in the, their singles, that'll play eventually. And you have 
he's 18. He got time to teach him to lift the ball a little bit more. He's hitting the ball hard. That's a good thing because he's 18 in low A. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that people work on. Eventually, uh, you, you get the base of, of contact. I, every now and then, there's the Yandy Diaz's of the world who never learned to, to lift the ball but still get by because they crush the ball. Um, but yeah, so I, there's a lot to like with, with those three infielder, or three young guys. Sequeira is still striking out a lot, and, and he's probably a guy who's going to head back to the complex league when things open up. But yeah, it, it's exciting. But again, like you said, Roger, we didn't get the video this week, so it's always a little bit iffy just make, based on the numbers. We did see our uh, favorite of the pod, Lazaro Benitez, hit another home run, and it was a bomb, like 417, 420 or something like that. Yeah, it was an absolute um, he's, bomb, yeah. He's safely in the top like 35 prospects for me for the Tigers right now. It's exciting. I, mean, he I, I, I am a big fan. Like, like, yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how much he got. As a, uh, I want to say 200 grand or something like that, but that's – it wasn't like a fifteen thousand dollar like just here you go. It was they like this kid, and, and so he's showing some things. That's nice to see. And I, mean, I think he's I think he's twenty. I mean he's he's older than some of the guys there, but he's still like that power is awesome and it's real. I I had mentioned one of the reasons you can see it's real is shoulder hip separation where the lower half goes a little bit before the top half. Brady House is famous. Well, if you want a major leaguer, uh, mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis does that really well. But it's. Actually, I don't know. I should know. I I, know. There's a picture of Riley Green where I thought he was an owl. Like he is, like <laughs> his hips are going forward and his face is like backwards. It's like, all right, this is okay. I focus more on his hands because yeah. those are special. But yeah, absolutely. So that like it's real. It's always great. It, it helps you turn on inside pitches really well. But I'm just I'm a fan, man. I know he's a little bit old than some of the guys there, but I think he's awesome. The games that happened this week that was so some people might have seen a box score and say, well, what happened here? with the Lakeland staff because shutouts by pitching staff is rare down there recently. And it's not because I'm trying to be negative. It's just, they haven't had, uh, it's not like West Michigan at this point, but they won three, nothing on Thursday. And it was Andrew Chafin pitched, of course, part of his rehab. And this is probably, this was Fado's last start, four innings, one hit, two walks, five strikeouts, but Carlos Pena, the lefty in relief, what a four innings, nothing perfect. Four innings, seven strikeouts, and he bounced back after a couple of uh, rough, a couple roll off appearances. But that's I, I, that. If there's one name I'm looking forward to seeing when I go down to Lakeland, it's him. Only because there's not a lot of lefties in the system at all, mm-hmm. and especially on the in terms of the international side. So I'm really intrigued to see what he's all about because I haven't seen any video. I think they're like a highlight package or anything. But I'm looking forward to seeing him and Chris Myers, who is still raking it down there. Say Carlos Pena is his name. Yeah, oh, speaking of him, I can only whenever I hear that name, I can only ever think of Moneyball now because the yeah. the guy does the pukey voice one of the times when he says it. He goes Carlos Pena. Carlos like, Pena, here at the plates. Yeah, I'm like, I can't think of anything but Moneyball. But that's cool. Lefties are fun. If they need more lefties, I top out at approximately 72 in my playing days. That looks like more like 55 now, so that'll be fun if they want to go that route. Yeah, and I, I think we should probably finish up with Jackson Job's second professional outing, which we didn't get to see, so it wasn't nearly as fun, but the results were a lot more, I think, along the lines of what people were hoping for in his first outing. Two two innings, I think one hit, four strikeouts. A hit? Caught him. Yeah, and I somebody asked, or, or we, I put out the, the StatCast data because we had it, and it was like, yeah, put that in context. Trevor might be able to do that better than me. I don't know if you saw the – I got the link to it. I don't know if we can see it in here. Uh, 
put in the private chat. The tweet I put out with, with his spin rates. Um, yeah. I don't know if you can see that, Trevor, if, if Raj could pull it up or maybe I can pull it up. I just go to the private chat because right now, for a reason, I can't pull up anything. But I was, when Trevor's talking about yeah. his claim days, I just had this going in my head. Glory. Yeah. So Job's fastball was average at 96, spin rate 25 25, I think. It's basically identical to Michael Kopech's fastball, at least in terms of spin and velocity. But you would know you'd know better about the the vertical and horizontal break than there. I don't think I think you said before he doesn't have ideal kind of IVB. Yeah, so the the fastball spin is really good. The IVB fifteen inches is not. You get to the above average territory at about seventeen, and then and then twenty is like twenty a league, is right? twenty is plus. Yeah, twenty is yeah, like no, crazy. No, no, no. So yeah, he doesn't. He, but that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Some of that can be worked on i think there's a lot they want to do with him the slider obviously the rpms are fantastic and the break numbers are amazing and there's nothing else to say about that and for the change up the i honestly numbers don't matter the data doesn't matter as much for change ups you want to kill lift is what you want yeah. the data to show but for the most part that's an eye test thing for me at least because i also am not the best at this but i can tell you the the fastball is really good spin it might even be a plus territory but it's um it doesn't have the uh, the best IVB on it. In fact, it is plus territory. It's it's a, it's in between plus and double plus. So sixty-five isn't a great, but sixty-five. That's a new one. Some of these new categories are something I have to dig in further about. Or is it imp- obviously it's important for a value any evaluation. There's one to, to know thing. the. Go ahead, Trevor. Understand to know the data behind it all. Yeah, behind the list, like so, get. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And when I so when I was when I do reports for Prospects Live and I look at this data, like for me, I'm watching first and then the, letting the data tell me the rest. And it can tell you sometimes how things are going to play. Obviously, if you have insane spin on your breaking stuff, it's it should play well, with the exception of let's say Kyder Montero, who uh, it's just so inconsistent. But he does have. <laughs> that really high spin on his breaking ball with the fastball when you get the, there's three when i do this based on what i have there's three things that i really look at that's the spin the ivb and then the vaa especially if you're talking about a four seam i don't care as much about horizontal break the va is a vertical yeah. approach angle yeah so that'll tell you if it's steep like joey wentz or if it's flat like, i'm sorry it's a non-tiger but jack Leiter. it's he's yeah. just the go-to that i have for that in my head and pretty the, the i've yeah, and the IVB, the IVB is it will tell you how it can ride through the top of the zone. Right? So if you have twenty IVB, and you're coming at a flat approach angle, that should be nearly impossible to hit for hit for them to even see it or be able to judge it, especially if you're coming in at ninety five plus. But that's a huge thing. If you're coming in steep, like again, Joey Wentz is really steep, but he has good IVB. That also plays to the top of the zone because that can. It, so it, it's a whole thing, and I'm still learning it myself. Um, release height's another thing I wish I had, because the lower release height, the, the better it plays up in the zone, too. But pretty much what you can do is you can tell where the stuff plays. And right now with Jackson Job's fastball, I'm not comfortable telling you that it's going to play to the top of the zone for whiffs. Now, it could with sequencing and all that stuff. That's where the data is very limited. But right now, he's just got a nice velocity fastball that he could probably use lower in the zone. It had, uh, I think it was 10 inches of horizontal break, which... It's average, so it can probably lower in the zone, get, get crumbles that way. So there's, there's a lot to it, but uh, 
And just one other thing to throw out there, if it's classifying it as a four seam, but he's using it more as a two seam sinker, it's going to have lower IVB because that's the mm-hmm. nature of the pitch. Yeah, and, and you know, we're relying a little on less there from somebody who barely knows what he's talking about. One of the things, and I, I had to parse that data just a little bit because there were two readings that came in with spin in the triple digits, like 125. I'm like, that's a misread. So we're just going to throw that one out. And I think it categorized one of his change-ups as a slider, which kind of threw things off. Whatever. He's out there. He's throwing strikes for the most part. He's healthy. That's good to see. I will say that ever since I first saw him visually, his delivery kind of reminded me of you Darvish a little bit. It's like this kind of drop and drive leg kick thing going on. And I don't know. I, the spin and velocity are similar to you Darvish now, actually. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know about Darvish's other pitch characteristics. And keep in mind that uh, when you're pulling data from those Florida State League games, it's helpful. It's a nice tool. But they they usually recalibrate that at spring training and then mm-hmm. they don't. So the farther you get away from spring training, the less reliable the data becomes. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. So I'm not questioning. I think the spin rates, the spin rates are where they've always been. But it, things like IVB, I know that it had another Lakeland pitcher last week at the 18 to 20 range. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't quite it. So it's a, some of that stuff's a little bit off. That could mean Job's is a little lower too for what it's worth but yeah so it's the stuff can get a little off and it, it's more off the farther way you get from spring training yeah so yeah i like the way that you explain that too the answer when that gentleman answered on twitter how you explained how that all worked because sometimes when you look at it, it is okay english what how does that all translate it, it is a lot to process and, and there's a way to fall in love with that sort of stuff without trevor was saying this there's a lot more to it depending on where the pitches your release height where the pitches are coming from you know the angle and stuff like that there's more to it than just raw spin and velocity we've learned that over the last few years we just we like big numbers right everybody it's everybody right. likes a triple digit fastball with exit velocity like ooh, 120 mile an hour exit velocity you like somebody would be like cool he was right into the ground so there's more there's to a, it there's and there's a reason so the example i'm going to give here to for what you're saying chris sorry i don't mean to keep cutting you off is Hunter Green with the Reds. If you guys watch him at any point, if any, I know this is a Tiger thing, but if anybody's watched him at any point, when his fastball is low in the zone and he tries to live low in the zone with his fastball, it does not work at 102 miles an hour. He's throwing 102, and hitters can get a barrel on it because it has the same kind of, I believe it's IVB, can't mm-hmm. remember the approach angle, top of my head, but it's got that characteristic to play at the top of the zone at 102 miles an hour. That should be really hard to hit. But when he, he does it low, the ball stays flat where the hitter mm-hmm. can just – it's insane. Now, sometimes a lot of times the contact isn't great because he throws 102, but that still should be very hard to get a bat on, and it happens more than you think. So that's uh, just an example of the visual side of, of data because I'm watching him going, why is 102 getting hit when he's using it low in the zone like a sinker? Well, it's because he should work top down with it. So it, it plays into strategy. You don't obviously have to only throw fastballs up. That would be ridiculous. It plays into strategy and how you approach things. Yeah, I, I remember going back uh, three, four years ago now in the Futures game, Hunter Green was throwing triple digits, 102, 103 even, and got, gave up a home run to one of the Basabi brothers who was like, hey, this guy's a prospect. And it was like, no, these balls are juiced. And also, his fastball isn't great down. But there's a lot more to it. And when you've got some of that raw ability and stuff, you've got a lot more room uh, for error like wiggle room to, to fix things and figure things out. And I think 
Jackson Job's gonna he'll figure things out, I think, eventually. Yeah, and I was just glad that they brought him along. And if they have to bring him along, so that can that's fine. You guys mentioned this last week, and there was some good feedback about it. Where you don't realize how young he is and how much experience he does have currently. So, at this rate, anytime he, we hopefully get some video when we're down there, and, and period, just to get into video. I don't care where it's from, but at any rate, folks, I think we are out of time. Thank you so much for listening to the week three recap as next week, next week. I'm not really sure what's going on yet because we haven't really looked at the week ahead, but there will certainly be more. I, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting making a stupid prediction that we'll see maybe one or two decent sized moves in terms of uh, roster back and forth that do not involve the Tigers and maybe just involve between West Michigan and Erie. Just a prediction. I could be wrong. Who knows? But Trevor, thank you so much for joining us again. Really appreciate it. And carrying the bulk of the show. We, it's always fun to have you on. And again, thank you for having on for feel the street. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys coming on. Of course, appreciate you having me as well. This is a lot of fun. I'm glad you guys want to be back. I didn't mess yeah, up too got, bad yeah. last week. No, man, no, you really, uh, like I said, some of the feedback we got was really good. So, anyway, everybody, we'll see you next week. Be my Dick Clark wave. <laughs> no, and I think it's invaluable.